0: Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods as well as conventional medical practices to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Reiki. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you to all of our listeners around the world. We appreciate you being part of this and part of this knowledge and energy and love that is spreading around the world. Today, I have an amazing guest, a beautiful lady named Wendy Jordan. Wendy is a Yusui certified Reiki master teacher. And author. She is dedicated to teaching people about the many benefits of Reiki energy healing and she is also the author of a fantastic book titled Embracing the End of Life Journey. Today's episode is titled Reiki and Hospice which is just a, a beautiful gift out there beautiful service. Um, Reiki being the the level of comfort and love that it is. I call it the Reiki love touch. This I've been really excited for this episode. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Let's begin with a little bit of your personal history and what brought you into Reiki and what brought you into the work with
2: hospice and writing your book? Okay. Well, I was not originally setting out on this path, so I thought. <laughs> um, I was an audiovisual producer. I was a photographer, um, pretty much a type A personality, very busy, lived in the city of Chicago, and um, my life changed rather abruptly when my father fell ill. Um, He didn't suffer from a disease for a long time. He basically was old and was getting ready to finish up his time here on Earth. And I wanted to spend as much time with him as I could, and I did. And I felt that I had been there for him and um, went through a wonderful Adventure as we brought him home for his final days. And as difficult as it was, there was also a pretty good feeling around it. And within a few weeks, I went back to work and got back into my regular life. And it didn't take long before I realized I was really not only grieving, but felt that I had was missing something, and that at the end there was some connection that was gone. And I started to wonder how I could get that connection back. And it wasn't that I even started looking for Reiki classes. I actually just sort of put myself out there, and I think that's what happens a lot. And I'm sure, Paula, you see it too when people call for a class or they just want to connect with you. They're not even sure what they're connecting with, but they know you have something to offer that they're looking for. And that's actually what happened um, several months later. I was um, at a chiropractor's office, and I saw a sign that said, Reiki class this weekend. I had no idea what Reiki was. Um, I had done a little spiritual work. I loved going to Brian Weiss's. Um, he had some seminars in Chicago, and his book had really kind of opened me up to this thought, you know, way of thinking about death and life after death and why these things are the way they are. And without missing a beat, I said, oh, i want to take that class. So that's really what got me there, and I believe it was spirit pulling me into the second part of my life to be doing something other than the busy photography work I was doing. Um, It was very interesting for me, as someone who was more in the visual arts, to try to get into the subtleties of energy. Uh and so I really didn't think I'd ever be able to do it, and I kept looking at my teacher saying, I don't get this, I can't do it, and he was so sweet, and he's like, you get it, everybody gets it eventually, you just have to kind of get out of your own way and start understanding what are the gifts that Spirit gave you, and as we know, we can be seers or uh, hearers, Spirit or just no things and so anyway, I, I really started to like Reiki and so within a, the year I had finished my first two levels and then I was very lucky to do my master class with someone who was a shamanic Reiki teacher as well so it was a year-long program and um, I was hooked. How wonderful. I started, as a lot of people do, when you haven't been a body worker, when you haven't been a therapist, you know, and you're not trained in some of those other modalities, I started first by working in animal shelters and loved working with the animals. Um, And then I took some hospice clients, and that's what first opened the door um, to doing hospice work. And I would say that for me it was just, I think my first hospice client, who was one of the people that I wrote about in the book, was really me doing my healing work with my father. I went through all the stages with this man. I was there with him for many months, and I was able to do many of the things and connect with him in a way that at the time I felt I couldn't with my dad. So I think that was the healing and that was the gift. And I really didn't focus on being a hospice worker Um, I just sort of opened my doors to my practice. I love Mm -hmm. teaching. It's my favorite part of it. Um, But pretty soon I found people calling me asking if I would do what I now term end of life Reiki journeys with them. And that's really what the book is about um, how that happened and how um, each person's journey is different. But when you're doing it within the realm of Reiki, bringing in those energies, getting into spirit, using our symbols, doing the things that we do from our heart and from just allowing spirit to be with us. They can be absolutely wonderfully healing sessions with people, both for the the person who is maybe going to be dying within a few weeks or a few months, or even more healing for family members who are having a hard time dealing. And sometimes I'm with people that aren't even, you know, it it might be that they have a year or so before they're going, but they just are in a stage of life that they're easily communicating with each other and would like to do some of this work. So when the time comes, um, they feel comfortable around it. That's sort of where I'm at with my mother now, who is 90.
1: And it really comforts them and eases any fear they have, doesn't it?
2: It not only eases fear, but it becomes something that you can easily talk about. I think that's the hardest part, you know, for people. If it's just, it doesn't seem to be a real big part of our Western culture to just feel comfortable talking about when you're going into your next stage. And so I think there's so many people in so many realms, whether they're in hospice or grief workers or different types of caregivers that are just sort of uh, working to mainstream conversation and just just like when you get people ready for pregnancy to bring that baby into the world you wouldn't think about not talking about it because you want someone to be really ready and prepared and that's kind of the way that we're looking at it now is let's be really prepared and let's have fun let's let's even pick that way of reiki journeying together that when i'm not here anymore and you know people can do this i do this You know, with my mom, I do this with friends. It's like, okay, if I weren't here, where's a place we'd like to meet to communicate? Let's start working on that. And it's sort of almost like a fun game, but in reality, you will be able to tap into those feelings and those energies. And so with couples, oftentimes it's a place that they felt very comfortable together, maybe a favorite vacation spot or... um, I know in, in some cases people, when I ask them where they'd like to imagine that they're really, really comfortable, and they say, it's always been my bedroom. I love that room. I'm comfortable there. I want to always be able to return there. And in a way, that's how the energy continues on, and people can continue to connect and do their healing work.
1: Yes. Now, when you work journeying, into uh-huh. that Reiki. Is, is that going to that special place with them, uh, communicating with, with them? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: That happened sort of by accident and it was really amazing to me. Um, the, the first time that it happened, it wasn't actually with a, a hospice client, it was someone who had a family who had called to ask me to come in just to do a Reiki treatment for their mother and as I was working with her, and she was wonderful, she was lucid, and we spoke for a while, and we got to the point that I was just going to do like a full-body treatment on her, and I said, just relax and close your eyes, and, you know, just enjoy the comfort of it, and if there's any place you feel any pain or anything, let me know. But I noticed her son, um, she was, I believe, in her 80s, and her son was in his early 60s, and, and he was having a hard time, and I could just his pain, and he kept looking in the door and kind of wanting to be around, but they had this feeling that we should be totally alone, and I finally said, would you like to come on in and sit with your mom? And we sat there together, and this is when I believe spirit takes over. I suggested to him that he hold his mother's hand a certain way and pointed out a little bit about how you feel energy and that maybe his hand would warm up a bit, but he was so wanting to connect with her is the way I would put it. I just could feel Uh how much he wanted to. So I said, you know what? Why don't we create a space for you to communicate with each other, even though you're right here with each other? And she at that point was sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's not wake her up. Where's where's one of her favorite places? Where if you could right now just, you know, have your perfectly healthy mother sitting and talking to her, where would you be? And he said, the garden down below. She loves being in the garden. So I said, fine, let's imagine that you're there. And I did a little bit of using some of my Reiki symbols, um, creating a bridge that brought them down into this garden and making that sacred space for them. And then I just looked at them and said, now, without saying any words, tell your mother what you're feeling or ask her what, you know, whatever's going on with you that's making you feel so emotional, just say it but without saying it out loud. And I was kind of surprised at myself for saying it. Like, what are you doing, Wendy? You know, I didn't know what was going to come next. And all of a sudden, I felt it in my heart center, and I I could see he got very teary. And I saw her hand close tighter on him. And the two of them were literally communicating about things that later on they told me what they were communicating about. And he had some issues that he always felt a little... Guilty about as a son having not being able to talk to his mother in the way that maybe he would have wanted to. And so those things were all being handled. And it was amazing. And he got done, and he was so happy. He looked like a different person. And he left oh. the room, and I continued working with her. And at that point, after their treatment, they asked if I would come back and do that with other family members. And that sort of started that ball rolling. I don't do that with every client. Um, sometimes, you know, the healing that people need comes in all different ways. Certainly if they want a journey, um, you know, I take them on that journey and we sort of wait to see what happens. But it's so interesting and it's always so fulfilling that I don't feel like I have to do one thing or the other. It's it's a, it's a matter of getting comfortable around the different techniques of Reiki and the different things that are out there and how you're able to communicate with people and then and then see what happens and that's pretty much why I wrote the book because every journey was so different.
1: Yes, and because people are so different. Everyone's different, every relationship is different. Uh-huh. So I can see that. So when you go into a treatment or you're with a family, it's a different energy base.
2: Absolutely.
1: Oh, I love that idea of the journey because you're bringing healing to everyone.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely, and it can definitely become a family affair. And it was very heartwarming for me to find out later um, that when this woman did pass, Everybody there was with her, holding hands. They already were journeying together. I mean, what a wonderful thing to hear back. that. And the father, in the book, I kind of make the light of the fact that they were sort of sneaking me in. Um, they didn't want <laughs> any, quote, unquote, woo-woo going on in the house. And so yes. they'd have me come in while he was playing golf. And one day he came back early, and I was sort of quickly rushed out of the home, and I thought, Bennett, it was difficult for me. It's like, there this, this seems to be something wrong. There shouldn't be anything sneaky about it. And after a while, they were able to tell him what they'd been doing as a family and how much they enjoyed it. And they said, come on, we're going to imagine we're all sitting with Mom in the garden. And and that's how she spent her final days with her entire family with her. So that felt wonderful, you know, for someone who was... Kind of going out on a limb and trying something that, for me, was different. I know there's many people that journey and there's many different hospice techniques, but that was the first time, and from then on, it's it's just been wonderful.
1: Oh, what a beautiful journey, Wendy! And I can imagine with doing that work how that touches your heart. Oh my goodness!
2: Well, it really does. Um, you know, it it it's so much more than what I was expecting from Reiki. And when I first started doing it again, we were learning about, you know, boosting immune systems and, you know, helping people to stay pain-free. And then there is the comfort aspect. And in different types of Reiki and different things that we do, like in the Corona Reiki, is more about the compassionate Reiki or, you know, working on things more at a karmic level. But this became so... Uh, this, this really is the most rewarding of all the work that I do, because I think that everyone, no matter how much you think you know, there's, the death is still the unknown. Yes. You know, and I yes. say, even if you've gone to the other side and come back, you still haven't gone over there and stayed there to tell us about it. <laughs> right. That's the way I looked at it. So we, there's always that little bit of, even if you lose the fear of death and embrace it, it's a wonderful kind of a you know, the icing on the cake called life as you get to go and do something even better. Um, You know, we all have fears about it, and and as humans, we all have loss. You know, when we are losing someone, we love that person, and we just hate to see them go. And so anything that we can do that we know that in some small way, and it can be very subtle, it, it can also be... You know extreme people with dreams are having visitations, but I'm more involved in the subtleties, so people can, in these subtle ways, open up their awareness and to people who have not really been in this kind of spiritual world that we share and speak so easily about. there's a lot of people that it's not easy for them, so to open that up and then have them get that heart moment, get that connection it is it's very, very rewarding, and the messages that have come back and the things that people will then you know, weeks later, get
1: in contact with me. It's, it's wonderful work. feels great. Oh, yes, yes. I i mean, Reiki is just so beyond words. And uh-huh. what what we can do with that and, and the people we meet, meet, your work. Oh, I absolutely love it. And I have personally read Wendy's book, and it is absolutely a beautiful book. And if anyone wants to look... At her website. Let me give you that real quick before we go to commercial. www.joyousjourneys.com. And I do highly recommend her book. We are going to go into a commercial break, so we will be back in just a moment, everyone. And Wendy, I will chat with you again in just a moment. Thank you.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you looking
0: to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington... We offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with
3: Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com
4: to learn more. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife.
0: Now, back to For the Love of Reiki.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Here with me today, uh, Wendy. Uh, we are discussing, Wendy Jordan and I, Reiki in hospice, along with uh, various other modalities that she uses with her Reiki practice. And, Wendy, I know um, you are a lover of crystals, uh-huh. as I am, so I would love you to share with us um, an essential oils. I love it. Share with us how you kind of work those in with your Reiki
2: practice. Okay. Um, it's an interesting way that I came to those. As I had mentioned in my original master training, one of the things that my teacher did and one of the things that I like to do for my students is to introduce them to a lot of different things. So we might not go totally in-depth with all of them, but I think it's fun because you never know what's really going to spark someone, what's really going to be interesting for them. Um, I happened to take my very first master class. It was the week after 9-11. And so my poor teacher was dealing with the whole world kind of going crazy, and he knew that we were, at that point, just looking for things to keep ourselves protected and the what-if. And he actually did an, a class on essential oils. And I found it really fascinating and there are several that I like to use for myself. Um, There's certain brands that I prefer, but I I try Mm -hmm. different kinds. Um, And I found that using that as a way to get people to focus on their own treatment, on their breath. I sort of start my treatment by putting a little drop of oil in their hand and asking them to breathe it in. I find that that depending on which oil it is, it might be waking up their senses or opening up their spirituality a little bit. But it's also just sort of a matter of focus for them. Um, But I do caution when you're using them in um, hospice work to always be very careful and ask people if it's okay because people's sensitivities change so much um, when they're going through medical procedures or at the end of their life. And even with my clients, I always ask first and let them see. But I do like working with the oils, and I also like working with crystals. That was another thing we did in our class about learning about the different vibrations, um, how you can focus energy into a crystal and use it to amplify the healing work. And so those were some of the tools that I call, you know, our our, our Reiki Master tool bag. Yes, yes. I don't really have a set way of working with them that I could tell you exactly how I do it. But what I think is so much fun, and I think many, many people that, start going down the path of learning different modalities. They learn a little bit about a lot of different things, find what there is, their expertise. But at any given time during a treatment, I'll suddenly get this message like, oh, this person really needs some of this rose oil at their heart chakra. You know, they just yes. really need to open. they need that loving vibration. Um, there may be another time that... Um, they're starting to let go of a little bit of emotional grief, and I might work with a certain crystals that I put in their hands and let that energy sort of flow out into their hands, and then I can clear that out of the crystal later instead of... Um it's also sort of a protective tool for myself instead of me taking on those energies. So when you learn about the different types of crystals, there's a lot you can do with them for your own protection, for setting sacred space, for using them for the healing. I have certain ones I like to use, and I do my meditating specifically to the archangels. I find certain ones seem to be the ones that open up that energy for me.
1: Yes, and I, I have to share a little story because I'm right there on the same page with you, Wendy. I just I kinda let go and let intuition and what I feel take it over. And I'm a crystals nut. I love Sedona. And um just got back from the first time ever in Tucson, a big gem show there. It was absolutely amazing. But several years ago, this was gosh, this was like four or five years ago, I had a young woman come in for Reiki. Very frustrated. She'd had two miscarriages. I just, you know, dealing with that emotion. I want to have a baby. So we go with into the Reiki and crystal bed session. And I had read about Wolfenite and really wanted one. And found one in Sedona that I brought home that I love. Well, that Wolfenite, which I very seldom really was called to me. It's like, okay, okay, use the Wolfenite. So I used the Wolfenite. I I set it on the table next to her, gave her her treatment. And she has a beautiful little boy now. Oh. And she tells everyone she knows, I got pregnant because of my Reiki and not wolfinite. I mean, isn't that isn't just
2: fun? I know. It's just wonderful. It really is. and And I... I did most of my crystal work just sort of using the books. Um, I went to a couple um, seminars about them and what their different properties are now. But we've actually kind of moved into something a little bit different, which is fun. And if people do go into my website, they'll see that I work um, with another healer who's much more in the shamanic realm than I am. And he's been really, really interesting to work with because he, instead of working with the vibrational differences of individual stones, he has learned and taught me how to then take, find your own crystal that's going to be your healing crystal. You don't use it on other people, you use it for yourself. But it's a way of loading that crystal with your. Your healthiest energy when you're feeling really good is a way of loading it with your good energy. And then at times that you're feeling depleted or you're feeling low, you actually use that crystal on yourself and it feeds you back. It kind of gets you back to remembering that blueprint of how you're supposed to be.
1: I love that uh, analogy. It's like you and that crystal become connected, that energy of that crystal Your energy goes into that. That energy, the healing energy, comes into you. I love that, Wendy.
2: Yes. Well, as we know, it's all about vibration. And all of these different modalities are working with vibration. And so when you can learn to find the crystal that really resonates with your energy, you can use that as your personal healing tool, which is just, it's just amazing. I've actually seen some really interesting things happen with that. So that's, that's part of what we're investigating and some of the work that we're doing with crystals now. Um, and then the other things, you know, that I dabble in are fun because at any given time, while you're doing a Reiki treatment, it may come back to you. So as a kid, we were very much into nutrition. My mother was like the original health food family. And so I'll be working on someone and suddenly... You know, something comes to me about an herb or some foods that maybe are not right for them. And, you know, that's the wonderful thing about being a Reiki practitioner as well. I'm always telling people, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not here to give you nutrition advice, but, you know, you might want to investigate this. Or during a treatment, if I know, you know, the crystal is calling to me from the other side of the room, that that person just needs that crystal laid on them, I will use the crystal. So we have a lot of fun with a lot of different different types of tools that we have available in the spiritual world.
1: And and how do you use your shamanism training as a tool with your Reiki? How do you play that into the mix?
2: Well I'm using it more now. I I had to make a decision as people do when, when they start teaching. Not so much in their practice. In your practice, you know, whoever shows up, you work on them. But when you're teaching, um, I, there were a lot of different things happening with Reiki at the time. I decided to stick with pretty traditional Usui Reiki and then add some of the additional things that I had learned. And especially when it got to the level of master class, um, we did a lot of learning past life regression type of things, repatterning, working um, you know, doing some shamanic work, finding our animals. And I decided not to have that be part of my class for many years. And I did that because I felt like most of the people that I drew in as students were people much like myself that were older, had, been, had other careers. Um, this was new to them, and I really just wanted to help them develop what there was there, you know, so they could become a, a healer in their own right. And in recent years, I am with a partner who is a shamanic healer, and he is able to do a lot of those things that I kind of held myself back from. So it's got really fun to say, you know what, let's do the journeying with people, but instead of just opening up to the Reiki journey, which is more calling to the family of light, going up, sort of into the universe, looking for your angels and guides and those helpers, we also now can go into the underworld and go more the shamanic route into finding those same protective animals, the totems, mm-hmm. and putting it all together and it seems like it used to be more separate. Now it's all coming together and there's a lot of people that are combining. And I think what's wonderful about that is there's so many paths to get someone to get to the place they need to, whether it's discovering who their healer, you know, their protectors are, their angels and guides, um, or if they just want to do their own meditative work. It it opens the doors to a whole lot of different ways to work beyond what I just was originally trained in Reiki. And so I even bring in a little bit of, as a kid I learned, uh, transcendental meditation. So I've realized that I don't need to keep everything... um, under one hat, so to speak. You know, we can open it up a little bit. And I always start down the traditional road, but once I read my students and I see they want to go somewhere else, then we might book together. And and we do now offer classes in doing that other kind of crystal work and doing more of the shamanic work. And it's really been fun. Sometimes I'm, it's funny because he says I'm the one that doesn't like to come out of the box um, <laughs> in my thinking. And so when we first did one of our classes where we were going to help people to to journey. I said, well, first we're going to do a Reiki journey, and that's more in the light, going down the path, seeing who's at the other end of the path. Then we were going to do the drumming and rattling shamanic journey. Well, when we went down the path, this woman's animal showed up, and I'm like, in my own head, saying, wait, you're supposed to come out part two. You know, you're the shamanic animal. But you know what? This woman was so ready to meet her shamanic animal that even doing it through the you know, through the path of Reiki, um, you know, I'll animal. And then there's times that we do the shamanic journey, and we're, we're looking for one thing. And really what's happening is people just are opening up and finally seeing those things that have been around them their whole life, and they're just able to see it. So we're just opening doors. They all have different names, but it's all the same spirit door. Yes. Different techniques to get there. And that's what's been really fun for me in recent years because probably the first 10 years I was just very traditional. This is how you learn Reiki. This is how you do Reiki. These are hand positions. And then my world kind of opened up. And, and a lot of it was the work doing caregiver and hospice work. It just opens you up to some wonderful breakthroughs at that, you know, most interesting time of life when people really open up to spirit.
1: Yes. And I. I... I kind of call it, and I what I say to my students is, you know, we learn our Reiki, and then we can open up, things can come to us, you know, shamanism, the crystals, the oils, different people, and we can just add that into the mix and what we learn and what comes to us and what we feel, and it's really just like making a big pot of soup, you know? Yes, yes definitely. It's just throwing in there our life's experiences, the people that come into our lives, because, you know, look who make show up and teach us something that we didn't even realize we needed to be taught
2: or, you know, you
1: just... I find it
2: also is true, even just in doing treatments. And I always go into it wanting people to really relax and get into that alpha state. And the plan is to not be talking too much. You know, once you find out what's going on with them and tapping in every now and then. But to give them a nice, quiet treatment. And every once in a while... I'll find myself talking away, and it's like, Wendy, what are you doing? These people are here to be relaxing, and so I quiet myself again, and then they get up from the table, and it's like, I'm so glad you talked about that. That was exactly what I needed to hear. So I always trust the process, you know? It's like we're being guided to speak or not speak, to add, you know, something to a treatment or to keep things to ourselves. You know, some people are very open to hearing exactly what's going on, and and wanting to know more and understanding, and other people want to just, you know, feel better and walk out of the room, and they're done. And then, exactly. you know, there's, there's times we know exactly what's going on with someone, even to the point that I feel rather psychic and that I'm seeing their stuff. And there's other times, nothing. You yes. know, you just put your hands down and let the heat flow, and you get little hits about, oh, you should be working on their knee right now, or they you know, they need to move into a more emotional level and you'll start doing more, you know, with the emotional symbols and helping them to release that. But you don't really know why or what's going on and then afterwards you get the big smile and they're like oh gosh I really things came clear to me or I connected with someone or whatever it might be so I'm learning to not question it which was really the hardest part for me in the beginning I wanted to understand everything Mm -hmm. and it's a mysterious world so we don't understand all of it. It is and
1: you know, who comes to us is meant to come to us. And, and like you said, you can have a client come in and they just need to share and they need to work. And then you have one that comes in and just literally can fall asleep on the table and just suck that in and leave <laughs> glowing. I mean, <laughs> it really is fun,
2: isn't it? It is fun. And, and the distant healing is even more fun. And oh. that's the one when you're like, you almost feel like, am I really doing this? You know, I'd like, when I do distance healing for a client, I like to talk to them on the phone for a little bit, but most times, you know, we'll maybe just talk for 10 minutes or I'll take yes. them on a little meditation and I'll we'll relax. And then as you sit there, I do, I like to do a candle and a little yes. music and my hands are just out there and there always comes in, you know, that ego mind comes in going, what are you doing? What are you <laughs> so, doing? What are you doing?
1: Now I'm, I'm going to stop us a moment on that note. Um, we'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back, everyone. So when we come back, let's let's talk a little more about long distance because that's awfully fun as well. And okay. then we'll throw animals into the mix. Okay, all right, everyone. We'll be back in just a moment. Thank you, Wendy.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to
4: wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife.
0: and find balance in your life then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy at wellness inspired located in Tacoma Washington We offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Wendy, Jordan and I uh, this episode is is Reiki and hospice and so much more. We're having so much fun and Wendy when we left off at the break we were just starting to talk a little bit about that other whole big world of long distance Reiki. Um, Tell us a little bit about that and how how that works with you and how you enjoy your long distance Reiki.
2: It's really wonderful. Um, I think that on both sides, it's really nice for the person getting the healing because they can just be comfortably in their own house. A lot of times I will talk to them on the phone for maybe 10 minutes to get an idea of what's going on, maybe take them through a little bit of a meditation and then say, "Now you can just relax. You can go to sleep. You can lay back. You know, a lot of the feeling of having to drive to an appointment and all that goes along with that is gone. And so for the time that I'm sending the distant healing, it's always different. Sometimes you really tap in and and I feel my hands warm up. It's almost like they're right in front of me. And I feel like I'm doing a full body treatment and they're not even in the room. But what's more fun is when It's more just intention, and I'm just allowing spirit to go through me and and send this distant healing. And I know a couple of the ones that have been really wonderful for me. One was a a student of mine, and once I moved out to uh, Santa Fe, she called me, and she was just really having a hard time. And I said, well, we've done this before. Let's Let's just do this via the phone, and we talked for a few minutes, and then she actually fell asleep. And I sat there, and I wasn't getting a lot of information, so I just kept asking that the emotional issues she was dealing with would be addressed and be worked on. And worked on it for, you know, close to an hour, and then I stopped. And the next morning, I got a beautiful email that she'd had a dream. And in this dream, she was given so many of the answers that she was looking for. And that's what I think is so amazing about this process. I wasn't giving her the answers, but we were just opening her up to be able to hear, and she felt it came in a dream, but who knows how that really was working. You know, were her angels and guides in her room with her, helping her? Um, don't know exactly how it works, but it's an amazing thing. And she yes. went down from there and answered her, her life's dilemmas and had moved on. Yes,
1: yes. You know what amazes me with long-distance Reiki is how you just tune right in and you, you feel their energy. You feel so much. And, uh-huh. and it was several years ago when I realized the different feeling, too, of, of someone or an animal that had passed. We can send them Reiki after a person after they've left their physical body or a pet after they've left their physical body. And I just think that is just
2: so beautiful. Well, I do say at one point in my book, I think it was after my Reiki 2 class, and we were talking about sending healing and we had practiced doing it. And then my teacher said, you know, now send healing to, you know, to the angels, send it to people, you know, that you don't know, that you know are needing help. And he looked at me and he said, now you can send healing to your father. And I remember it just seemed so strange. I said, but my dad's not here. And he said, but do you think he doesn't still need healing and that he doesn't still want to connect with you? And he kind of looked at me and said, that's probably why you took this class. And so when I realized that, that you can, exactly what you just said, Paula, send this yes. and healing to those that you've loved and that, you know, we're all still just on an energy journey, just not in our bodies. And, um, you know, wakey and white light and healing is always welcomed and accepted by all.
1: Isn't that just wonderful? Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that your teacher saying that. Yeah. I oh, Tell us a little bit, in your book you talk about your dog buster and, um, I myself got into Reiki, started learning Reiki because love of a dog. Tell us a little bit about um, what you do with, with pets. I know you with offer Reiki animals. to pets. Yes.
2: Well, that was sort of a surprise to me. You know, I've been working on this book for a while, just trying to remember the stories of being with people and what their, you know, all the different episodes I'd spent with them. And I I felt like I was complete. And then I realized my dog was getting sick. And while this was happening, I just didn't feel like writing. And something told me to just put the book down for a little bit, not worry about it, and just take care of my dog. And I, I just feel this dog has always been such a blessing to me. He's taught me so much about animals, and I think he was—he wanted to be in the book. <laughs> he wanted oh. to be the chapter about, you know, you don't just do this with people. And the way, the way that it happened was really amazing because. I started thinking ahead of time, could I start doing this connection with my dog in some way so that we can continue to do it after he's gone? But I hadn't worked through in my head how we would do that. And one day I was actually getting a treatment from someone and he didn't particularly want my dog in his office. So we had him outside. with his a nice little bowl of water and he was sitting on his mat waiting for me. And I was in this other healer's office. And, I started worrying about the dog. And he the guy who was working on me said, I know you're a little worried about Buster. Um, he said, just connect with him like you always do, he'll be fine. And so I did, and I tried to connect with him and all of a sudden it was the most incredible thing because rather than me trying to come come up with a way to connect with them and a place that we'd like to meet, I literally felt the energy of the dog just come in and curl up first how animals will just sort of sit on your chest. But I felt that energy go into my heart. And I was like, oh, my God, he's just right here in my heart chakra. That's their place. That's where your animals like to journey. They want to be as close to their people as they can. And he taught me in that moment, you know, that that's where we would always connect. That was going to be our journey place. And after lying there for a few minutes, then I got worried because I didn't hear him barking outside at all anymore. And I thought, oh, my God, did he pass? And so the minute I had that thought, like, is he okay, he barked for me outside the door. So I knew (laughs) he was okay, but we had done that, and that became our way. And he didn't actually go for another couple of months, but there were many times that we'd sit together, and I would sort of bring him in, and I did have to go back to Chicago. My daughter was getting married, so I had to go back, and she had wedding showers. And it was too early to put the dog down. And it was just a real hard thing to leave him in that condition, but I did, and every night I would connect with him and bring him into my heart. And we still do it now, and it was just beautiful. He gave me a huge lesson about how you can stay connected with your animals at their time of death as well. And I think for a lot of people, animal death is so difficult. Yes. Um, they have such a hard time getting over that, that having a technique, something to do with their animal while they're here, and then having that feeling of being able to connect with them later is really a gift. It's really, really wonderful. It really
1: is, because it, it goes beyond when we don't have them with us. It goes beyond that because we still have them with, the, with uh-huh. us, and we can still connect.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I would obviously do Reiki on my dog. Um, I used to laugh because when I was teaching uh, back in Chicago and I'd have people out in my yard, it'd be a beautiful day, and people would sit around, I'd do their attunement, and then would all get up to go, and my dog would sit there looking at me like, What about me? Don't I get my attunement? <laughs> so I finally yes. did. I actually made my dog a Reiki master. <laughs> so I don't know if that made the connection easier, but for those of you who know how to do Reiki, um, attune your dogs. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Well, and you know all about the animals. You know, I know that your love of Reiki is with animals. And, you know, doing the Reiki, um, my partner is horses. And so it's it's been an amazing lesson for me to learn more about how how the energy works with the animals and how healing it is for them. And in turn, they turn around and they heal us. Yes. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. And I am so excited for my monthly Reiki circle for the entire world's animal kingdom I just think that's going to just continue to grow every month Uh and the animals are going to feel it and they're just going to love us and take it in they are so tuned
2: in yeah yeah. so they are our teachers as well and part of what's been fun for me where I'm living now I've always been a tree lover and I'm actually living up in the tall pines and then you start to be so aware of all the life in the trees, the birds, and all the different little animals, and then the, the trees themselves. So, you know, it's really just getting subtle enough to really feel the energy in all of things. And, again, like I said, you asked in the very beginning how I started, and I definitely did not start down this type of a path at all. And so as you quiet and get more subtle and get to understand the energy It's such a beautiful thing to experience and to share with others.
1: Yes, and do you see out there that Reiki in hospice is is growing?
2: I think it is growing. Um, Depending, it's kind of an interesting thing depending what what state you're in, how insurances work. So, I would love to see more even just caregivers, not necessarily hospice, but there's a huge growing number of caregivers for our older population. And I think those are the people that it's going to be even more important.
4: So when you're
2: spending time with people, you know, when you hear hospice, you pretty much think, you know, we're into the last few months. But Reiki in elderly and Reiki in caregiving, I think is really what's going to be what's really needed. And unfortunately, with insurance not covering a lot of this sort of thing at this time, that's why it's so wonderful for family members to learn it. Yeah, You know, when you, when you take one class so that you can be attuned to the Reiki, not only are you giving yourself the gift of some better health and being tapped in, but when you hit that time that you have to be a caregiver, I mean, I remember my daughter was in high school when I started this, and she broke her ankle. And I was so glad I could put those hands around her and get that pain because she was really in pain. And, um, you know, she was waiting for me to get home, and the minute I did, we just started doing Reiki on her before we got her to the hospital, and it was huge, a huge difference. Um, So, you know, and the fact is our population is just getting older, and it's going to be the biggest segment of... The population is over 55 now, and so these things that are helping the health, helping the immune system, helping, you know, for pain, and then taking it the step further of being comfortable around the issues and spiritually working on your issues – you know, and doing spiritual healing, not just the physical healing. I think it's huge. I, and I see, you know, in Santa Fe, I'm lucky this is a big community. There's a lot of hospice, a lot of elder care here. And so it's, I think a lot of us are trying to get it more mainstream and get it in other parts of the country as well.
1: And get it recognized with the insurance.
2: And, uh-huh.
1: and you know, like like you have said, You know, when the families can learn that Reiki, Uh, first time for me years ago was my dear aunt that raised me was in the nursing home. And I was going in there and giving her Reiki and her roommate and, you know, to be able to do that and and for the families to learn Reiki. And like you've said, it not only is going to heal and bring peace and comfort to that loved one, but it brings peace and comfort to the family. And it brings a family together.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Mhm. And I you know I think that was one of the biggest gifts in you asked about the book the little boy that I worked with um, the Gabriel and who knew that that was going to become a journey of just entire families learning to do Reiki. You know, he was a little boy suffering with a brain tumor and we would gather in a room and meditate together. All hold hands, raise the energy, bring in all the things that you were we've been talking about you know, bring out the essential oils to raise the vibration of the room, work with the crystals, and each person had their own crystal that they worked with. It was amazing. It was really, is... really an incredible journey with that little boy. And, um, yeah. you know, I was just so pleased because when I first started working with him, instead of, you know, asking me to just come week after week to see him, they said, well, can we learn to do what you do? And to be able to say, absolutely. You know, yes. that's what this is. That's what Reiki's all about. That's sharing it. Sharing. That's saying, no, yes. I have an expertise, and I'm the only one that can do this. It's like, no, I'm going to teach you how to do this. So when you hold that uh, baby, you can be running Reiki through your hands. And when you need to calm yourself down, you put your hand at your own heart chakra and, and learn to calm I love yourself. I that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, Wendy,
1: thank you. We are down to our our last uh, moment here. Um, in any final words that you'd like to to share with everyone, Wendy, before we say goodbye?
2: Oh gosh, to share—that's what Reiki is all about. I'm so grateful yes. to you to have this show, so people can just listen to all the different types of people doing Reiki and the different experiences you have with it. Um, And I think for people to get involved, you know, it's not that you have to become a practitioner or a teacher of it. It's it's just to have another um, tool, something to use in times of crisis, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, and also a way to just calm down and have a little bit more of a stress-free life. So it's it's really a wonderful modality and a wonderful entrance into this world of helping other people.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh. Wendy, thank you so much. You you are a gift. Thank you. And
2: well, thank you so much. It's been fun talking with you.
1: Oh, our our hour flew by. I I can't believe it. And a big thank you to all of our listeners and have a beautiful day or beautiful evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to the show. Uh so much appreciated for everyone joining us. And hugs and blessings to everyone. Wendy, thank you so much. And thank you. You're welcome. Thank you again
0: for tuning in to For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health.